0: Welcome to the Crazy Love Podcast. For many Christians, the sacredness, holiness, and presence of God is thought to be more intense in the Old Testament compared to how one might assume God is in the New Testament. In this week's episode, Pastor Francis Chan confronts this misconception as he continues on the topic of communion. We learn that we have greater access to the power and presence of God today by our participation and partaking of the Lord's Supper. He explains how we desperately need the church body to come together for the institution of this holy sacrament. This message was from the We Are Church gathering at the Fox Theater on October 3rd.
1: Father in heaven, we worship you. God, you're looking down from heaven right now and you see us in this room, your creation your saved ones, your children. God, we're here for you. We want you to be honored. We want these songs to to really get to your ears. We want this prayer to come to you, to tell you, Lord, I don't know what we'd do without you, God. Our lives would be miserable if we no longer knew you, if you were no longer with us. We'd be absolutely miserable without your son. It's in him we live and breathe and have our being. It's only because of him we can speak to you right now and call you our king. We love having you as our king. We love having you as our God, our Lord. You are a good Lord, you're a great master. All your commands are wonderful. All your promises are outrageous what you have for us. And we have come together as one to tell you that we adore you. And we are so grateful for your presence here with us. We believe that you sent your one and only son to die on the cross for our sins, to give us access to you so that we could be one with you right now. Praise you, God. Praise you, Almighty God. Thank you for the privilege of worshiping you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So... This is new for us to meet here at the Fox Theater, and, and I know that there are some people that were concerned about having too many people in a room and everything else, and, uh, and so they're watching at home streaming and stuff like that. Um, and I hate to break up the house gatherings and, uh, and take a break for three weeks, But I have been so convicted that I just had to do this. I've been so convicted about what I'm looking at in Scripture about communion and the way it was supposed to be. And I have been repenting before God like, God, I have not been serious about this and I am so sorry and i just felt like oh my gosh i can't believe i've never really warned the church the way the bible warns about communion i mean it is so serious so I said, OK, let's let's just make sure we get everyone on the same page, because I'm concerned if we just start doing, you know, gatherings in the homes and we're we're either taking of the bread or we're not taking of the bread. Like like this is a very sacred, sacred thing we do. And so I thought, let me just spend like three weeks at least just making sure we have a foundation and we understand how amazing this is. Okay, because I grew up having no idea what this was all about. Okay, and I've taken this for years, years, decades I've been doing this and really not understanding what I was doing. And no one took the time to explain it to me. And so I didn't even really understand it. And I began researching and studying the scriptures deeply and go, what is this about? I, I asked some of the elders to help me. Let's, let's study this together because we can't be off on this. This is huge. And, and uh, this week I was looking at a, in the Old Testament in Leviticus. Okay, so in Leviticus, it's talking about, uh, you know, the, the tabernacle and how you worship God and was talking about this place called the Holy of Holies. I'm sure you guys have heard of that. Um, and so the Holy of Holies was a place where the Ark of the Covenant was. Okay, and that Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God, and, and it was this room that was just surrounded by this thick curtain, like you weren't allowed to go in there. But, but in, in Leviticus 16, on the Day of Atonement, one person was allowed to go in there, the high priest, and he was going to go into the presence of God. Okay? This is, this is, this is so crazy, but he, he gives some regulations here in Leviticus 16. And I just want to point out just a couple verses, verses 1 and 2 of Leviticus 16. It says, The Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron when they drew near before the Lord and died. And the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, your brother, not to come at any time into the holy place inside the veil before the mercy seat that is on the ark, so that he may not die for i will appear in the cloud over the mercy seat okay this is intense right and and this is this is what i was convicted about okay if i lived in the old testament times and i built the holy of holies and put the curtain around it and then i just left and then all you guys come and go, oh, what's behind the curtain? Like, I would never do that. That's so irresponsible. Like, you don't just put this thing up there with the thought that, gosh, if anyone does this the wrong way, they will die. And so that's why God tells Moses, hey, you, you need to tell Aaron. Okay, he tells him right after Aaron's sons died. Okay, Nadab and Abihu, they were were just kind of casually going into the presence of God, and they died. They didn't do things the way that God told them to do it. And you have to understand, in the New Testament, we have been given the same warning in the New Testament. Some of you, maybe you grew up in a church where you took a communion, and they'll read 1 Corinthians 11, but they won't read through the whole chapter. Where in verse 27 to 30, he says, a man ought to examine himself before he, he eats of the bread or drinks of the cup. He says, because anyone who, who eats or drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord, eats and drinks judgment upon himself. And he says, that is why many of you are weak and sick and a number of you have died. Okay, this is New Testament. Look it up for yourself. Because there was something about coming to the table that was the real presence of Christ. Okay, the high priest that morning, was he with God? Yes. God was always with him. But when he went into the holy of holies, he's okay, that's different. There's a deeper presence there. And so if you're going to do this, you better do this carefully. Just like Moses is being warned and I and I was thinking, God you spoke to Moses. Why didn't you tell Aaron directly? The answer is, I don't know. He just, but Moses was responsible now. And so it was his responsibility to tell Aaron, hey, the reason why your sons, your sons died, that's a big deal. is they weren't careful. And he goes, and now I've just built this holy of holies and the ark's going to be in there. And God says, don't you just go in there. Don't you you just go in there. Why? Because he says not to come any time in the holy place so that he may not die for I will appear in the cloud over the mercy seat. He says, here's why I don't want him to go, because I will appear in there. You know that mercy seat right there on the ark? A cloud is gonna appear, and I'll be inside that cloud. So tell Aaron, don't you dare go in there, into my presence. So let's let's imagine you guys all see that roll up door right there, that gray one back there? Okay. Just if you can't see it. I don't know how you cannot see it. Okay, but it's it's there. But what if I said, Hey, the Ark of the Covenant is behind there and the cloud is gonna appear there today. And we had a couple people go in there earlier and they died because they didn't go the right way. But there's a way through there, okay? There's a way, okay? And if I told you I can take a couple of you with me in there today, this morning, into the real presence of God and the ark is there and the cloud's gonna appear, God will be there. But if we don't go in in the right way and read Leviticus sometime, because it has a whole chapter of these regulations of, of how you kill the bull, where you sprinkle the blood, how the smokes, everything that has to be done just right because those other two guys, they didn't do it right. Okay, I, I, I want you to seriously answer this question for me. If you had the opportunity to come with me in there this morning. Would you take it? If I can only take like three of you, would you want to go in? Would you risk your life to go into the presence? Think about that. I'm guessing there are a lot of people here that go, you know, I think, I think I just want to watch, right? I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready for that. Like, would you go or, 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 or there's others here that going, man, like, what am I doing on this earth? If I can't get into the presence of God, I, like, this is what I was made for. I don't want to just sit here and go work a job and, and watch Netflix and play with the kids. I, want, I was made to be in the presence of God. I want to go in there. I, I know it's, it's scary. It's terrifying. I could die. But that's why I want to go in there because this is my creator. Like I could actually be in the same room with the one who spoke the earth into existence. The one who's gonna be my judge, who, who determines everything, who determines whether I live through the rest of the day. My creator, like I have to know who made me. I wanna be in his presence and this could kill me, but what else am I gonna live for, right? Would you go? I mean, if you're content with life without getting into the Holy of Holies. All right. But For me, it's like, I don't know what else to live for. What's the point in living? What's what's the point in existing anymore? I want to be in the presence of God. Now, I say that because we just got done reading the book of Hebrews, right? And I'm looking at Hebrews and thinking about how I was raised in the church. And I kind of had this mentality like the Old Testament God was so intense and then New Testament after Jesus, everything's about grace. And so we can just relax Okay, that was the Holy of Holies. That's the way he used to deal with things. And after Christ died on the cross, everything's easy now. We can relax. We can rest. And there is some truth to that. But when you read the book of Hebrews, as we just did as a church, do you get the sense that after Christ, things got less intense or more intense? I mean, everything was about, now we have greater access to God. He's explaining in Hebrews 8, verse, verse 5, when he was talking about the Holy of Holies and everything, he goes, they serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things. For when Moses was about to erect the tent, he was instructed by God, saying, see that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown you on the mountain. But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is much more excellent than the old. Later in chapter 9, verse Verse 24, it says, Christ has entered not into the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. In chapter 10, verse 19, he says, therefore, brothers, since we have That holy of holies, if that's the holy of holies, is the ark back there? He goes, that's a shadow. That is a shadow. That is a copy. That's a shadow of what really happened. Yes, there used to be a curtain, like like that gate right there. It used to be a curtain, but that was just a curtain. He goes, in the heavenly places, because that was all just a copy That's why Moses just did it so precisely, because it was a copy of the real thing in heaven. And he says the real thing in heaven was not covered by a curtain. He says that curtain was the body of Christ that was torn open. It was his flesh torn so that we could go into the real holy places. And now he's not just a high priest that goes in before you. He's, he's the high priest in the presence of God, saying, you can come in through me. I'll get you in here. So it's not that, wow, the Old Testament was so intense. I'm glad we live in the New Testament where it's less intense He's saying, no, 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 the Old Testament was a shadow and you are living in the reality now of a high priest, Jesus, whose body was the curtain and you can come before the actual throne, not just the Ark of the Covenant and my cloud on the mercy seat. The intensity and the accessibility have increased. It is much more intense now. And the reason I say that is let's be honest in this room. When I talk about the Holy of Holies being back there, some of you go, Whoa, that would be so intense. I would be scared to go in there. I could die in there. You didn't have any of those thoughts coming here today. Except maybe COVID. You know, and, some, and I'm not knocking that. I mean, it, it's a real thing. You know, you can get sick, you could die. But I am saying that's the least of your worries when you come to communion. So in your heart, do you believe? Seriously, do you believe Scripture 1 Corinthians 11:27 27 to 30, that there is a chance that we could die today? Did that thought even enter your mind? When you came knowing this was a communion service, did you go, oh man, we're going to take communion. I better do this right. I better examine myself because I could get really sick from this. What I'm saying, some of us are very careful protecting ourselves. I don't want to get COVID because that is real to us. I'm telling you, communion has not been real to the church because we have not had a fear of what God says. This is his word. He goes, you could die with freedom "Oh God. Make me feel it when I'm up there. Make me warn the people. Let them know this is serious. You don't just walk into the Holy of Holies. Don't come in here like this is a shadow of the Old Testament. Many of you came expecting a lesser experience than walking into the Holy of Holies of the Old Testament. You came in with the expectation of a shadow of Old Testament experience, and that is not what the New Testament teaches. We have greater access into the presence of him now. It's more intense. This is not a shadow of the Holy of Holies. We're talking about the body and blood of Jesus. That's why in Hebrews 10, verse 26, he goes, if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant which he was sanctified and has outraged the spirit of grace. For we know him who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Can we relax now? Because we're in the New Testament. It's less intense. Oh, judgment's less intense. Is that what you heard? He goes, man, that was just Moses. That was just the law. Now we're talking about the very blood of our creator. This is way more intense. And this is what I've been repenting of. I'm on God, I haven't taken it this seriously. And yeah, I could blame the way I was brought up. I could blame... Whoever, well, they didn't take it seriously. I didn't take it seriously. And we just kind of, we used to play with our little communion cups, stick our tongue in it. We would, you know, just, we didn't, we didn't know. And sometimes I go, God, why did you not strike us dead right there? God, your grace, you allowed me to live to this point. Despite my mockery of the Lord's table. And maybe it's his grace because I didn't know. It's just his grace, his grace. But now I know. Okay, now I know, and this is why I'm like, God, I have not warned the church enough. I haven't warned them about how sacred this is. Many of us, if we grew up in America in uh, this modern evangelical world, you know we don't, ta- we, we don't do sacred well. Instead, we do the opposite. We, we're always trying to push the envelope. Well, that's not sin. Well, that's not sin. I can wear what I want. It's not really sin. You know, I, I, can, I, I can come whenever I want. It's not really sin. Well, we keep pushing the envelope. Well, I can mess around with my girl. That, that's not really sin yet, right? Is, aren't there, we're not trying to be as sacred as we can be. Oh, we could play secular music in the beginning. That's not really sin. We just keep pushing, 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 pushing. And I'm not saying it is sin. I'm just saying at some point we lose the idea of holy, sacred. Let me be as sacred as I can. Let me be as careful as I can. Let me really examine myself, because this is intense. This is more intense than the Holy of Holies. What I'm about to partake in. So God, if we want to do this right, help us. The thing about this too, I, I alluded to this earlier. It's like, I don't want to do this casually. And I ought to have a fear of death and of your death. And so maybe some of you are going, I don't know if I want to do this. That's good. There should be some fear. But I'd also say to you, I don't know if you want to not do this because if you if you read on in Leviticus I mean yeah the day of atonement and going to the holy of holies that's that's pretty serious that's pretty scary but you read at the the end of it in in Leviticus 16 verses 29 and 30 He says, it shall be a statute to you forever that in the seventh month on the 10th day of the month you shall afflict yourselves and do no work either the native or the stranger who sojourns among you for on this day shall atonement be made for you to cleanse you. You shall be clean before the Lord from all of your sins. You didn't want to miss the Day of Atonement, right? You're like, I want to be there because I know what I've done and I need my sins forgiven. I, I, I am not going to miss the Day of Atonement. I understand it's dangerous. I understand this is the moment when God in heaven actually intersects with human beings and, and there's a human being and God himself in the same room and that is just terrifying. I get it, but this is my chance to be cleansed of everything. And so in the same way, being one with Christ, being one with his body, his blood, us being one with Christ, we know it's through Christ. This is our only way of purity, is through the cross. So I don't want to not. However you view this, some in here say, well, it's just a symbol. Others say, no, it turns into the flesh and blood. And then there's a million views in between. Whatever you believe, at very least, I hope you at least agree, go, I want this. I want every bit of this, whether it's the symbol, whatever, I want to obey completely. He says, this is the way we proclaim his death until he returns. I want to be a part of this. Now, in, uh, just to give us some instruction, because we are gonna have an opportunity to take of the bread and the cup today. And I'm so excited about it. It's like picturing us going into the Holy of Holies. Someone just yesterday was talking about spiritual darkness and you ever been in a place where you just go. There's a darkness in there. Right. Where you go. Okay. I walked in that room, and there was a presence there, and it was not good. I just had to get out of there. Or I passed by this group of people, and there was just this darkness. And then other times you walk in somewhere, and you go, man, I don't know. There was just a presence, like a good presence. And and I was thinking about darkness, and I was thinking about how I was just with some friends, and in, in Texas, and, and uh, Andy Bird, YWAM guy, and, and a couple other people, and we were just talking about man, can we release a generation of young people to start sacred gatherings that are about the presence of God through communion into some of the most dark, the darkest places in our nation? And so yesterday, Andy texted us all this list of the hundred most unchurched cities in America. Number one, San Francisco. And I thought, how do we get rid of darkness? The presence of darkness? Communion. There's something about believers coming together united. Seriously as one. That's why he says in in, uh, 1 Corinthians 11, 20, and I'll, I'll talk about this more next week, but he says, when you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper that you eat. For an eating, each, each one goes ahead with his own meal. One goes hungry, another gets drunk. He, he goes on, he goes, he goes, look, when you get together, that's not the Lord's Supper that you guys are eating. He goes, because you have like these, uh, you know, oh, this guy's a rich guy. Oh, you go to the rich table where there's lots of food. Oh, you, you, you didn't bring much, you're poor. You go sit over there with the poor people. And then they were calling that the Lord's Supper as they broke bread and drank of a common cup. He goes, stop calling that the Lord's Supper. He says, that's not the Lord's Supper. It's not the Lord's Supper when you come in thinking you're better than someone else in the room and you belong in this section or that section. He goes, that's not the Lord's Supper. Don't call it that. But he goes, when you come together united, when you come together as one. See, the idea of the Holy of Holies like really partaking of the Lord's Supper, it requires unity. If there are divisions, if there's bitterness in here, if there's something you're holding on against someone else, you better be super careful because you're about to head into the Holy of Holies. The way I understand the New Testament now, it is not about Francis Chan having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, that's in there, it's in there. But God is not just wanting Francis to walk into the Holy of Holies by himself anymore. The New Testament is about our Father and how we used to be individuals, but now we're a body. And that's why he says, that's not the Lord's Supper, what you guys are doing, that's, you call it whatever you want, but it's not the Lord's Supper. Here's the Lord's Supper, there are no divisions. There's no, oh, I'm more intelligent than him. I'm less intelligent than him. I'm more beautiful than her. I, I have more resources than they do. That's not the Lord's Supper. Here's the Lord's Supper, and then he goes on in the 1 Corinthians 12, because it's when you recognize you're a body, and you look around and go, oh, I need you, I need you, I need you. I can't say, the eye can't say to the foot, oh, I don't need you. But he says, no, I, I need you. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. Don't leave me hanging. I need you. We go in together. It's so Rob, why don't you stand up here with me just for a second? Marcus, why don't you come up here with me? So, the way I understand communion it's like if the three of us were to go into the presence of God the Holy of Holies then we got to go in together and you got to let me know if there's anything I've done that's, a, that's offended either of you To where you're holding anything against me. Man, let me know. Because I don't want to, I'm not going to go in there with division right here. That is suicide. I'm not going to do it. I got to get in there. I got to get in there. I've got to become one with him. But I got to know you guys are committed to me. And you guys need to know I'm committed to you. I'll go in there with you guys. And this is the only chance we have of making it is if we go in together. So if there's something, tell me. And I'm trying to rack my brain going, man, is there anything I have against you? Because I want to examine. He says, "You you have to recognize the body of the Lord. Anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body, this is the body of Christ right here. We're the body, and I recognize this. I recognize, hey, we're not just friends. We're not just people that hang out together. And then once Rob offends me, okay, see you later. Hey, Marcus, let's just hang out without Rob. It's not, it's not friends like the world. It's body now. I'm not going to chop off my right arm because he offended me. I'm going, no, you're with me. If we're going to go in the presence of God, the only way we're going to make it is together. We're going to do this. Because I need to know you're not going to leave me. You're not going to ditch me. I need to know this from you guys. And you need to know it from me. And you guys got to know it about each other. And if we're going to go in, we're going to lock arms, Come oh, go, man, guys, we're going to go in the presence of God. Rob, I'm not leaving you, man. You're my brother. I am not leaving you. And we're going in. Amen. We're going in. Anything you've ever done, if I forgot that you offended me somehow, whatever, it's, it's done. I, I, this is Amen. too intense, man. I'm not messing around with this. We're going in there together. Amen. Marcus, if I ever did anything, let you down anyway, let it go because we're about to do something bigger right now. You guys don't let go of me. And I am not gonna let in, I promise I will not let go of you because we are one body and Christ is our head and we're gonna go in there together and he's gonna serve us at his table. He's gonna have us drink of one cup. He's gonna have us eat this bread, that's his flesh because we're one body. And his presence is going to be there. This is real. This is no joke. This is no shadow of the Old Testament. The Old Testament is a shadow of what we're about to do. I love you guys. I love you guys so much. And I know there's some of you, you're going, oh, man, I want to be in that circle. Those guys are going in. I don't want to just sit there and watch them. I want to join that circle. That's what the church was supposed to be. Now we together, as one, go into the presence of God. And we're praying. for more and more people to get this and understand the sacredness of what we do. Thanks, guys. Amen. 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 All right. This is what we're about to do. God in heaven wants one body where he's the head and we're together. And so if you've got issues with anyone in the body of Christ, don't go in there with us. Okay? Because we're about to go into the presence of God. And so we want to prepare. We want to examine, because this is intense. This is not a shadow. That was the shadow. This is the real thing. And I'm excited. I don't know what you expect of this. Most of us have not expected much of this. And that's why we have not received much from this. But today I come with fear and expectation. Oh God, I want to enter into your presence today through his flesh that was torn for us. So in heaven, it's about his flesh being torn. This week when I was praying, I pictured Christ and his body being torn so that I could come before the throne of God. And just having that picture in my mind absolutely changed my prayers. I go, what am I doing here? This is what it costs for me to go in there. But there's no other place I would rather be. And thinking about his blood that was shed And I'm saying, God, in my humanity, I don't know what Almighty God does to this bread and this cup. But I'm going to ask him to do everything that he wants to do to it. For the first 1500 years following the death of christ every believer saw that as the real presence of christ somehow there are little discrepancies of 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 whether it was his actual flesh and actual blood and and when it turned into that and if it turned in you know during the blessing after the blessing when it went in your mouth a few minutes after it went in your mouth all these things we didn't know but they all agreed but there is a real presence of God, so don't mess around with this. And so we just go, God, I'm just going to pray that you do whatever you want to do to this bread and this cup. Again, due to COVID restrictions, we want to obey the laws of the land. We have uh, communion cups and bread up on the stage back there, and then there's a, a box of them there and then a box of it there. And um, we want you to, when you're ready, go grab one of the communion elements and we want to take of it together. We want to go in together. Okay? But I wanted to give you some time to uh, worship first so that you could confess anything and do anything you need to do. In fact, I've asked some of the Elders and wives, if you guys would come up now, Um, or I didn't ask you, Kevin asked you, or Sean asked you. Um, I just want you guys standing up here so that if any of you goes, man, I need prayer before I do this. I need to confess some sins. And I know I can confess directly to God, but I just feel like I need some help And the Bible does tell us to confess our sins to one another, but you're just going, I don't feel right just yet to take of communion. Then, um, yeah, talk to one of our leaders. Um, Mercy, if you lead us just in some worship. But During this worship time, at any time you're ready, go grab the elements and just hold on to them and keep worshiping God. But others of you, maybe this is a time of confession, of private confession. Maybe it's a time you just need someone to pray for you. Or maybe some of you, this is the first time you understood what Jesus did on that cross and you've never partaken of it. But you want to today. You can. If you surrender your life to Jesus and you recognize that this is not just a piece of bread and juice, but we're celebrating the body and blood of Christ, you can enter in with us today. I encourage you to talk to one of the leaders, pray with one of the leaders. But let's just spend some time preparing our hearts to go in to the holy place. So, Father in heaven, we pray over all of the elements in this room. All of the little pieces of bread. All of the cups of juice. We are in agreement in this room, Father. We want to be a part of your inseparable body, the real body of Christ. And we want you to bless every piece of bread and every cup. However you do that in heaven, if in your eyes you turn it into real flesh and blood, so be it, God. And if it is to be a symbol and nothing more, so be it, Lord. We are just in agreement that we want every bit of you that we can have right now. And we must be one with you. And this is what we live for. And we have come together and confessed our sins and we lay them at the cross. And we take every thought captive that you won't forgive this or you won't forgive that. That is a lie from the enemy. And we shut that down right now through the power of the resurrected Christ, we put to death all of those lies. Father, we join with our brothers and sisters all around the world right now. Some who are imprisoned and being tortured. Some that are hiding in caves and underground churches. We join with them. We join with the Our friends and family who were in Christ and they, they died and they're in your presence right now, we join with them. We all celebrate the lamb that was slain. We want to be one. So church family, let's take the bread. Let's take and eat together. Let's go into the Holy of Holies together as one. As we drink of the cup. Jesus, we believe you are in this room with us. That your real presence is with us and in us. And now we are one with you. Your flesh is our flesh. Your blood is our blood. We are one with you. This is the greatest mystery that we could be one with God, that you abide in us, we abide in you, and you've made our home with us. Lord, in eating this bread and drinking this cup, we recognize you will never leave us or forsake us. We do this in remembrance of you, and this is the way we intend on proclaiming your death until you return. We love your presence, Lord. We love just sitting here in your presence together as your body. You died to make this happen. This is your reward. And we cannot wait for that day. Oh, when there's just no more sickness, no more death, no more tears, no more fighting, and division, and we see you and we dine with you. Come, Lord Jesus, come and make everything right. Make everything right in this room. Destroy the strongholds, the sin that has held some of us. Destroy it by the power of the resurrected Christ because you are in here and you can destroy that right now. I believe it 100%. Everything could change. Right now. Use us, Lord, to bring sacredness back to the table. Change the mockery that we've made of the bread and the cup. Continue to have us grow in sacredness and reverence, Lord. May this not be some climax in our lives. May this be the first step. And God, may we become more and more reverent towards your body and blood every week of our lives, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, King Jesus. This is such an important part of our gathering right here. When the microphone is turned off and we minister to one another because we never stop being the body of Christ. This is not the end of anything. We here, we're celebrating the fact that we are one body and that He's given gifts to all of us. You're a gift to me, I'm a gift to you. You guys are gifts to me. There's something that we're supposed to receive from each other. Something you're supposed to get from me. There may be words that God has you go up to a complete stranger, but knowing that they just took that bread and cup with you, and they're they're actually family. It's like imagine finding a brother and realizing that is my brother, and I'd never met him till today. And... There is something that is a mutual encouragement and that is supposed to happen. We don't stop being the body. And so I encourage you, if you have words for someone, if you just want to pray for someone, you just have a word of encouragement or a verse or whatever, like we continue acting like the body of Christ. This isn't the Holy of Holies that we just visit once a year we have greater access now we are one with christ now his flesh and his blood we are one with him his spirit lives inside of us and he lives inside of us collectively and so and i encourage you we'll we'll be back here as the body next week but we'll be the body all week long and i would really encourage you you know at the lord's supper when jesus washed their feet he didn't say now come wash mine he says now i want you to love one another because no one has ever seen god but if we love one another somehow his love is going to be made manifest amidst us somehow through our love for each other christ appears That's why it's so important to go in together, okay? This is not just about your individual walk with Jesus. The more we love each other, the more we're gonna experience the presence of Christ. And I don't know about you, but I don't wanna leave that presence. I know some of you are going, gosh, I just wanna stay in here and keep singing. And we'll have opportunities for that and more extended communion times Just enjoying his presence. But right now I believe he wants us to go from here and continue being the body by encouraging one another and obeying all of those one another's in scripture. Otherwise this is just hypocrisy if this isn't going on. So praise God for an amazing morning that I believe he's pleased with, that he's honored by and God lead us and help us just to move into greater and greater reverence for you and unity with one another and with your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to the Crazy Love Podcast. We will see you next week with a new episode, but until then, for more resources from Crazy Love Ministries, or to support the work of Crazy Love, please visit our website at crazylove.org. Thanks.